buying a car can be an extremely stressful situation. You're worried about finding a good deal, making sure that you have a great car. Today, we're going to break down how you can prepare your finances to get the best deal on your next car. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Cars and car payments are a way of life for many couples especially here in the United States. According to one study of the data, out there right now are two and a half million car loans. The average monthly payments for new vehicles is 530, and for used, it's around 381. That's certainly a big chunk of change of a budget going towards cars. And for us, when we were first married, that was the case. Today, we're a bit different. Once the Jetta was paid off, we made a decision. We were going to go debt-free with cars. So now we save up ahead of time and buy them with cash. And if you're curious with how that works, I'll include in the show notes a guide about the exact process that we do. It's helped us skip having a car payment for the past 10 years. Personally, I feel like going debt-free on the cars is the best option, but I know every couple is different with their goals and their circumstances. Maybe you have a car that's having to have so many repairs, and because you're throwing money at that to keep it going, you don't have much of a down payment. Or you'd like to go for a used car, try to buy it with cash, but your spouse is hesitant, and they don't want to go that route. What do you do then? Throughout the seasons, I put out the offer to you to send in your money questions, and I did a call before the season as well. And guess what? You guys answered. And car loans came up a lot, which is not surprising considering that 85% of new car purchases and 53% of used car purchases use a loan. But if you have a loan, is there a way to make sure that it's extremely affordable? And if you decide to pay it off sooner, and I hope you do, that the numbers would work in your favor? It's a challenge that I want to tackle today. By examining the numbers and pushing away all the hype in the ads, I think you can get a clearer picture of the real costs and then figure out what's the best option for you. I'm extra excited today because one of you guys, one of you awesome listeners, is the guest. And Maggie actually pitched this topic to me in person. Yep, she's here in Raleigh too. Maggie and her husband Ben are trying to figure out what their options are for buying a car. And they were kind enough to share their situation and questions. And an extra bonus is that David Jacobs, Vice President of Consumer Lending from our sponsor and partner this season, Coastal Credit Union, is going to give us some insights on the lending side. In this episode, we're going to discuss how to figure out how much car you can really afford to buy, getting the best rate on a car loan, and then running the numbers to uncover some of those advertised special deals, or I like to think of them as loan traps. Like really, are those 0% deals on those new cars as good as they sound? I want you two to be able to feel confident that you're getting the best deal you can. Let's get started. (laughs) 
So, Maggie, you and I were talking about this, and this is a, a kind of a, a situation that people are dealing with, like what to do with the cars. Um, and I know right now, if it's correct, you've paid off your car, right? Yeah, mine's paid off, but okay. his is not. His is not, but it's close. Is it close to being paid off? Yeah, just a few months, and the other car will be paid off. Wow, congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, we've been trying to double up on it mm-hmm. to just get it off as much as possible. Um, but we'll be excited to free up those funds to try to pay off things like student loans and all that fun other. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. So I know kind of the dilemma or the thing that you guys are talking about and discussing is what to do about your car, Meg, because you, you mentioned that your car need some work it's a little more frequent is that right yeah it's about it's a hyundai accent it's about nine to ten years old it's hit that over a hundred thousand miles and it we put um it recently broke down a couple months ago and we had to replace a few things on it that wasn't your average maintenance but the car itself value isn't worth much and and then recently it broke down again, and we had to put another 600 or so into it. So it's getting to the point where we know that a new car is going to be in our future. Gotcha. So what's the, the time frame you're thinking, Maggie? And how about you? Like, what are you thinking, Ben, about the time frame of replacing this car? You want to go first? <laughs> My time frame is like three to five years. Okay. I, I think... I think we can make Maggie's car last. We'll have to probably plan on doing some decent amount of work uh, every year. But to me, I'm looking at the savings of not having a car payment and, uh, you know, not only getting out debt, but just start saving a good chunk of change each month as well. So I know that's an optimistic view of three to five years. Um, I know we'll be pushing it for sure. Mm-hmm. But... I like to err on the side of optimism. Yeah, for me, not so much. I realistically, I so I I think being a girl in general, just the thought of being stuck without a car on the side of the road with problems, like it stresses me out. And I too work part time, um, and so for me to save some money for a down payment on a car and then have to turn around and dump that money into repairs of an existing car, eventually you got to look at it and go, okay, enough's enough, in my opinion. So idealistically, I agree that maybe two years, but I don't know about three to five years (laughs) on that. And I think, too, that I definitely am not a person that wants to shop for a car when my car is like completely kaput like I want it still running a little bit because then I feel like I'm pressured into making a quick decision because I'm carless so you might be nodding your head because you hear this and it's very similar to the conversations you're having where you do want to get a car replacement but you're not agreeing on some of the details so first off this was great that they had a timeline in mind Yes, it is different. Ben is looking at three to five years and Maggie's thinking one to two years. 
based on what they're seeing with the car repairs and with what's going on. But having a timeline allows you to, to see, is there an opportunity for you to start saving now? Even if you can't completely buy a car, if you can get a down payment in. I'm not going to share Maggie and Ben's specific numbers, but let's take that example of the average car payment for a used car being $381. let us say that Ben's car is paid off in a few months and they manage to go ahead and save half of what they were doing for the car payment, so about $190 a month, for a year, which is Maggie's timetable. Saving for a year, $190 a month, gives them a down payment of $2,200. Now, what if they make it two years? Two years, they take that car payment and they're saving it. That's $4,500 a month and so forth. So anytime that you can have a time frame where you're just saving up ahead of time for the next car, that's really to your benefit because having a down payment not only helps with you getting less of a loan, meaning you're less in debt, but also it gives you some negotiating power when you are out buying a car. Now, besides saving up for a down payment, you also want to sit down and talk about what kind of cars you're looking for for your next vehicle. That'll give you time to research, see what's the best fit for you. So when you do get a car, uh, what kind of car are you guys looking for? Definitely a, a sedan type vehicle, like a Civic or an Accord. I really like the size of the Accord because it's more spacious, but yeah. And then there's the discussion of do we buy used or do we buy brand new? (laughs) I guess I'm not opposed to buying used, but my conditions are that I want it to come from a dealership and I want to be have some kind of a warranty attached to it. Gotcha. And how about you, Ben? How do you feel about that? I'm, I have a different opinion. I would prefer used over new. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I know you can find a better deal with doing like private seller versus the dealership. But the warranty, you know, especially for Maggie, it'll give her the peace of mind, which that's more important than, you know, saving a few extra bucks on a monthly payment or something like that. The good news is you can get reliable cars without having to buy a brand new one. Those certified used cars can be the best of both worlds. Yes, they're more expensive than if you go with a private seller or just get a used car from the lot, but they also come with some warranties and some extra service that's included with the price. So the two of you may sit down and say, you know what, that's worth it for us with the peace of mind knowing that we have a car that has some kind of coverage. And there are certain brands, if you look at Consumer Reports, Kelly Blue Book, that keep coming up in terms of reliability. I mean, that's really what you want to do. If you're going to be buying a car, you do want it to last for the long haul. And the brands that keep coming up on the list are usually Toyotas. I've seen Acuras, Hondas, Nissans, Lexus, that family. But double check. You can always find it up again Consumer Reports, if you remember, publishes a list every year. Kelly Blue Book keeps their site updated and see what is the most reliable car that fits the style of car you're looking for and then also can give you the best value. There's another scenario that makes couples think, maybe I should go for the new car. Ben brought it up while we were having our discussion. I'm not opposed to new either. Um, They're running some really good interest rates, like 0% uh, interest rates quite often. 
um, every few months. It seems like they're running a different promotion. So when the time comes, basically, it will be who's offering the best deal, you know, really crunching the numbers and saying, okay, are we going to save, you know, a ton of money going used or, you know, basically what's more advantageous, you know, in the long run. Since this is a personal finance podcast, I went ahead and ran the numbers and I took Maggie's ideal car. I looked at Honda Accords and I looked at a new one versus a certified used one. So we have a 2019 versus a 2016. Is there a significant difference? Yes, there is. So with the 2019, you're looking at a car that is going to be $24,615. Now, even though you're not paying interest with that 0%, you are going to have to pay the dealership fees. And in North Carolina, the average is tacking on $500. So over $25,000 for the new car. And you're looking at a monthly payment of around $410. Now for 2016, again, this is going to be a certified used, has a warranty. You're looking at $16,000. Four hundred and eighteen dollars. That is eight thousand dollars less. And for the rate, I went with what I found on Coastal, three point seven four, and I gave them the same terms. I said five years for this. So with the new car, it was four ten, and with the used car, it's three hundred a month. So so it is a significant difference on the monthly side. But then if you look at the total. With that new car, you're talking about twenty five thousand dollars with all the fees added. And with the used car, you're looking at total with interest $18,026. So yes, new versus used, there is a big difference. And that's because those first three years are typically where your car depreciates the most. So if you're looking to get a car that's reliable, you want a car that, yes, you buy it newer, and that you keep for a long time, getting a certified use can be a much better deal for you. But there's also something else to consider when you're looking at 0% loans, as David Jacob points out. Well, most of the time, you have to be very careful with the 0%. Uh, Sometimes, and, and we're in the business of helping our membership, so we instruct them to do the, what is actually best for them. In some situations, the best solution is to take the rebate, and sometimes it is the 0%. But what you see most often is that there's an offer to do uh, 0% for 48 months. So if you're trying to purchase a new $40,000 vehicle, can you afford that payment at 48 months? Most of the time, that payment is too large for the average consumer. So in that situation, it may be better to take that $2,500 rebate and then finance it with another financial institution to get in a payment that you can afford. And that's another key thing to talk about. How much can you afford with your budget? David took me through how lenders approach finding that number, along with some tips. important part, I would say, number one, is looking at your budget. You'll see all type of industry data and stats about how many consumers go out and uh, do research and reviews on the vehicle that they may want to select, but they really don't put a whole lot of thought into how much of a payment they can afford. A general rule of thumb, there's basically two percentages that you can look at. If if you're getting the loan individually, 
uh, look at your monthly gross income. So if you're making around $4,000 a month, the payment that most financial institutions will look at is anywhere from a payment, we call it a payment to income calculation, is 12 to 15% of that $4,000. So you're looking at anywhere, if you're making $4,000 a month, you really want to stay around a $480 to $500 payment. Along with that, the general rule of thumb for your overall debt ratio is 45%. So looking at your average, uh, what you bring in monthly, your gross income, and then take all of your outstanding debts that you have, whether that's your credit card payments, uh, you can look at what your minimum payment is, uh, any type of payments that you have on student loans, uh, your mortgage payment, if you have a home equity line of credit or a home equity closed, closed in term loan, what is your payment? Anything that is reporting on the credit bureau, financial institutions will look at and calculate that in as far as your total debt. So going into the dealership, it better prepares you if you can go in and say, you know, that, hey, I, the financial institutions are going to look at my profile. I've got decent credit. Uh, I can afford anywhere maybe a $480 to $500 payment. And it gives you the freedom to negotiate and to get a better picture of what is going on at the dealership when you go to finance. And so that's how lenders are looking at the numbers. And those are the general guidelines that they use. And that's Absolutely important to know because you're going to be running your own numbers and these guidelines can be helpful. Now, David mentioned that uh, 12 to 15% is kind of the rule of thumb here and it's based on gross income. You guys want to have some more buffer. So try to calculate your number based on your actual take-home pay, your net pay, and then also make sure that car payment, yes, that is the, the big factor that you're trying to figure out, but also your gas maintenance, insurance, all that fits in at least within that guidelines. Of course, I suggest keeping it even lower than that because you probably have some other financial goals. Maybe you're saving up for down the line of house. Maybe you want to start a business, start a family, whatever other goals you have, you have to make sure that the numbers add up. So be a little more conservative than what the lenders are offering, but it's absolutely important you see it from their perspective. Now, before you go shopping around for the best rates and the best deals, one of the key things you want to look at is your credit score. Yeah, credit scores play a very big part. Um, most of the pricing as far as the rate is based on your credit score that you'll receive uh, through one of the credit bureau agencies. Uh, the higher your credit score, typically the lower rate that you'll get uh, and vice versa, vice versa. If you have a lower credit score, you've had some slow payments over time, typically your rate will be higher because there's increased risk. Uh, so it's a good idea to know and understand your credit before you ever go to the dealership to know what your credit score is. So before you shop around for the best rates, double check your credit reports which is the actual accounts and the amounts with each of the three credit bureaus. And then also check to see what your score is beforehand, because it can be a significant difference with the interest rate that you're going to get. I was doing some digging and I was just looking at an example to get an idea of what you can expect. So of course, rates are going to vary based on lender, but 
I was looking at one and for a credit score that's higher than 750, the interest rate with car loans was around 3.85%. Now, if you have a so-so credit score, maybe 650 or 680, you're looking at 6.36%. But say you have an error on your credit report and it's now reflecting on your score and your score is 500 or, you know, even down to the 400s, you're talking about a significant difference. You're talking about 12 to 16%. That adds up very quickly, especially when you're buying a car. So make sure you're armed with your credit report, make sure it's accurate, and then also look at your credit score. And if it isn't where you want it to be, there are some ways that you can increase your credit score. Definitely several tips is if you know you're going to make a big purchase at some point and uh, autos, that's basically your second biggest expense that you'll ever have behind the home. Uh, a few pointers is that if you, you don't want to open up a lot of credit. Uh, I know it's sometimes tempting, uh, especially if you go into retail stores and they're trying to get you to open up a credit card to get a certain discount um, off of a product that they may sell or just some type of promotion that they're running. Um, even typically will what, what will happen is those stores will give you a limit that is just enough to cover the expense of the product that you're buying. So the way that the credit score is calculated uh, is an algorithm, but it looks at that particular trade line and it will show uh, that that line is completely maxed out. It's new open credit. It's maxed out. So that's two things that will bring down your credit score. Uh, the most obvious, of course, is make sure that you pay your bills on time. Um, and be careful uh, going back to you know any type of inquiries. If you're shopping a lot, uh, you really want to limit that as well. Now, a question that couples deal with is, what if we have two different credit scores? Maybe one of you has excellent credit, the other is average. How do the lenders look at that? It's a little, it's different for each financial institution. Uh, we look at, if it's the same household deal, we'll, we'll take the higher score. Uh, there are other financial institutions that look at, and, and there's more than just the credit score that goes goes into it. Uh, we're looking at actually the loan structure as well. Uh, you know, if you're putting any money down on the deal or if you've got a trade in that you had some equity and also the term. So those different variables determine the rate as well, along with the credit score. But we always take the higher credit score. So that's something to consider when you're shopping around for lenders. How exactly do they approach credit scores, especially for you two as a couple? You want to make sure that you're getting the best deal. Now, let's say you know what kind of car you're looking for. You're happy with where your credit score is right now. What exactly is the process of going through financing, whether it's through the dealership or through your credit union or bank? Well, we actually, we work with most of the dealers in our immediate footprint uh, around uh, Raleigh, Durham, the Wake County area. So we're actually, we try to meet the member wherever they want to be met. Uh, most people prefer to go directly to the dealership. 
Um, if it's a member of Coastal, they'll receive the same rate as they would going through the dealer as if they came into our branch. And there's actually a very good option that we have for members to look at cars uh, to determine what is a fair market rate. Uh, that's our AutoSmart uh, option that is on Coastal 24. So on that site, a member can go on, find a vehicle, uh, find a participating dealership that Coastal does business with. They have the option to go in and if they find the car, find the dealership that they want to purchase it from, they can apply online and get pre-approved. And they'll, re they'll receive a certificate via email and they can take that certificate into the dealership. And once at the dealership, the um, finance manager can pull up that particular application and finish the loan for the member right there. There's also the option to come in and visit one of our branches and sit down with a branch representative and get pre-approved that aspect as well. And they can um, bring in the buyer's order from the dealership. Uh, the buyer's order order is basically what you're paying for the vehicle, showing any cash down or any type of trade-in, and they can receive funds to go pay the dealer for the vehicle. Uh, it is a good idea, though, to, uh, you can look on our website, um, you can look at other sites in the industry like bankrate.com and get a general idea of what rates are like at that particular time. Uh, and that'll give you a good idea of um, backing into, again, that previous point of calculating what your monthly payment is going to be. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you're looking for better options with banking, please check out Coastal. They have competitive rates with their checking and savings accounts, as well as their auto loans. Find out more at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. The first one is keep an eye on your credit score before you go for a loan. A couple weeks before you start shopping around is not the best time. You want to make sure that your credit report is accurate and that your score is high enough so you can get a competitive rate on your loan. The second takeaway is what you're approved for and what you're comfortable with aren't the same thing. So David did a fantastic job giving us an idea of how lenders approach figuring out how much they will loan you. But the two of you still have to run the numbers yourself. You have to see what you're comfortable with paying and make sure that you have enough buffer in your budget to take care of your car expenses. And then the last takeaway, actually, I'm going to hand over to David we had a fantastic time chatting and I really appreciated that he took the time to break down how lenders look at the numbers. So if a couple's listening now and they're mm -hmm. thinking, you know, down, down the line the next year or so, we want to buy a, a car or we need to replace the car we have, what are some tips or takeaways you'd suggest for them to start getting ready for that? I would definitely uh, suggest that they view the auto smart solution that we have uh, I think you can find everything there as far as participating dealers uh, reviews on the dealers different cars uh, you can see what a fair market price is for a particular vehicle that you may be viewing 
and also make sure that your your credit is uh, in line. Uh, definitely do whatever you can to get your credit score as high as possible, and that will definitely help you in the long run. I appreciate it. And I'm kind of curious, do you remember um, your first car? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, unfortunately. I, I loved it. But was yours like um, from your parents or did you have to buy it on your own? No, I actually cut grass for I don't know how many years. And I went and bought a 1979 Datsun B210 for like $1,200. And it was all money that I had saved from cutting yards in the neighborhood. Ah, there's something special about buying your own car. I remember mine. Mine was a uh, 85. It was a Nissan Sentra, but it was a like a hatchback, but it looked more like a station wagon. So right. I may have gotten joked, but it was mine. And <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm getting sentimental now. I wish I had mine back. And if you want to chat more about how to buy a car, raising your credit score, or finding something that's reliable, please join us in our private and free Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're a supportive and fun group that just swap ideas, stories, tips with one another to make sure that we're reaching our goals. You can find us over at couplemoney.com FB. Hope to see you there. Special thanks to Maggie and Ben for being a part of the show. And also thanks to David and Coastal for helping out with sharing the lending side of things. As always, I'll have links in the show notes with the resources we mentioned during our chat, as well as bonuses. Don't forget, we're doing our Summer of Savings giveaway. You can win an autographed copy of my book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, or $100. Who doesn't want extra cash in their pocket? You just have to be a member of the community. You can find out all the details at couplemoney.com slash summer. And speaking of saving more money, next week, we're going to look at how to do a financial review. We're about halfway through the year. So if you haven't already, it's time to look at the numbers and make sure you're making progress on your biggest goals. So if you don't want to miss that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. So whatever podcast app you prefer, you can grab the show. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere. And finally, I want to say thank you so much for your support of the show. I'm so grateful when you guys are sharing your episodes, sending in questions, and also leaving reviews. I want to make money a way to connect for couples instead of something that is a source of stress for them. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.